Hey everyone, uh, I am back with Alice and we were gonna do the tradition study and it just didn't work out. And so now that I have Alice, I have her attention and I can <laughs> wrangle her. I was like, hey, um, you wanna just do a regular podcast, just a topic? And she said, yeah, I'd love to talk about um, abstinence. So um, where would you even want to start if we were sort of talking about that to like a newcomer or something, just this concept of abstinence, you know? Right. Well, what, what I usually start with is, you know, the, the idea of abstinence and it depends on how you're coming into the program, right? Like if you're anorexic, abstaining is not the best terminology to use. And so I talk about sober eating where mm -hmm. food, putting food in its proper place, that it's um, nutrition for your body, period. Mm -hmm. It's not to make you feel better, take care of any kind of emotions you have or get you through the, the day or whatever. It's, it's mm -hmm. too nutrition for your body so that you can you know do god's will in the world is maybe i don't throw the god's will in the world in that soon because that can scare people out <laughs> um right i like to think of it um, uh, you know so that you can create a life you don't want to escape from Ooh, that's a good one yeah i didn't Quotable. yeah that's from a podcast so cool i think just for our listeners i think alice and i would agree that you know if we say anything wise it's because we've been around and we heard it you know <laughs> in the rooms you know we don't take credit for anything but anyway yeah, just pass okay. it on yeah so sober eating so um well we could also right and what does that mean for you right and then also let's take a minute to like again once upon a time, you know, if you're in a drug and alcohol program, it's very clear, you know, it's like sobriety is not doing that thing. And then, of mm -hmm. course, if you're in OA or uh, Debtors Anonymous, which is about money or sex and love, um, sex and love addicts anonymous which is about sexual intimacy or just romantic intimacy those are about relate like you the i suppose you could go without them but that's most of us know we have to engage with these things and so it's about developing a healthy relationship to these things um and right. so uh so that's Again, like, so even when you say sober eating, I understand what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. But it could be confusing to a newcomer because they think, well, sober is abstaining completely. And then you have to sort of. Explain, oh, I see. Right. And then again, for the, that, oftentimes we use sobriety, like emotional sobriety, you know, spiritual sobriety as more about being awake, you know, 
um, not disassociating, not going into compulsive or addictive behaviors, you know, that we're sort of right. emotionally sober is just another way of saying fully present to the best of our abilities. Does that sound? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So again, because of your, um, anorexic background, I could see why you would want to kind of get away from the idea of the concept of abstaining, because to abstain means to stop doing it. And anorexics come in stopped. Right. Talk about that a little bit. And then we can kind of shift more to, for me, the bulimia and the sugar and the compulsive overeating. Yeah. Right. So, um, as you know, that the anorexia is about restricting, um, depriving, abstaining from whatever your thing is. Um, uh, it, it can also involve over-exercising, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, to me, all of it is the compulsive behaviors, Mm -hmm. Right. Like the the definition used to be refraining from compulsive eating. And then we added compulsive food behavior. So any kind of behavior around food that's helping that's that we're using to cope with life by distracting or, mm -hmm. you know, medicating or, you know, trying to change how we're feeling using food or compulsive activity. And um, so it's really an, an individual thing, right? right. To, so the process is identifying how we use, what we use, when, right? Just to like pause a moment and think about it. And then a lot of times a newcomer doesn't even understand how to do that. And so right. because uh, I have them start keeping a journal okay when you get that feeling and you're about to reach for the food or the exercise or whatever it is or restricting um, down what what you're feeling at the moment just when something happened just before or you know and it, it a lot of times it's just making that conscious effort to look at it honestly mm -hmm. that kind of opens the door right so you can figure that out, yeah. How so. do you help an anorexic define her abstinence in such a way that when, because no one in the rooms, and certainly not in the literature, says sober eating, right? And so right. often, even though you're sort of help, you're helping her translate that, right? To, you know, mm -hmm. sober eating. But she would also probably, or he would want to know, like, how much time does she have? You know, because we give coins and we celebrate birthdays. How would you even start um, working with an anorexic so that you could, like, define what sober eating is? You know, how would you approach that with an anorexic? Well, um, whether we admit it or not, we all know exactly 
what, how we use our disease. And it's, for me, it's the first, you know, the first step that our life's unmanageable is admitting that we have a problem. And the reason they're coming is because they know they have a problem. Mm -hmm. But as far as the food itself goes, yeah, uh, like the I leave that to... Yeah, the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, that's between them and their nutritionist. Is it oh, depends okay. on depends on their their health when they come in the doors, right? Right. But okay. that I've learned the hard way that is a huge trigger for me, and so I, um, if they're not willing to see a nutritionist, to me, they're not ready, right? Right. I see. And that I'm spinning my wheels, right? But also, I'm not the food police. Yeah. It's not my job as a sponsor. Yeah. And so, um, and the refeeding process is a very delicate and, um, it needs to be done intentionally. And so what, is, what does that mean? The refeeding process? Well, like if you're, if you're coming into OA and you're severely underweight, mm -hmm. you can't just like start eating. It's your body won't adjust. Right. So there, so that's when it's really important to see a medical professional and a nutritionist. You tend to have a team of people that are going to help you, right. and um, and and you slowly, intro, you know, introduce a, additional like, like food and in, into each meal or into each day, right. and it's, you know, it's not like you, like when you're becoming sober as an alcoholic you you know plug in the, in the jug yeah. and you just don't touch it right it's not like you're like okay i'm going to stop restricting i'm just going to start eating it's right it, uh, yeah yeah so it's the whole body has to readjust to being fed you know and it's that's funny. you know it's not my job right it just uh and we'll probably circle back around to this but um what I'm hearing is I just finished talking to my sponsees not that long ago, maybe a week or two weeks ago, um, a few of them about incremental changes. And I was actually talking about it from the other side of like, you know, being 220, you know, and wanting to suddenly diet. And I was talking about how diet and dieting and restricting don't work you know, and that often people come in and they're at like a weight they don't want to be at. So let's say that, and we'll get into this later, but they're, and so they want to restrict calories as if they're, you know, five, two and weigh 110 pounds. I mean, it's just, and that's mm -hmm. what's out there, you know? And so, and the sad thing is, is that they have you know, people in their lives telling them like, oh, you should only eat 1200 calories or 1400, you know, and so mm -hmm. having to work with them and just be like, that will not work. That right. not only does it not work in terms of outside in the, you know, like the diet culture, but if that worked, you wouldn't be here. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that also that restrict that's restricting that's what that is mm -hmm. we can call it like a diet or whatever but actually now you've swung to the other side where now you're restricting you're going into control and you're going into deprivation exactly 
and they think they can turn it off when they get down to where they Right. right. And no, that now, okay, now you're joining the other side of the program. Exactly. It's- or they think they can sustain that. You know what I mean? Like, well, you've never been able to sustain it before. Why mm-hmm. do you think, you know what I mean? So, but anyway, so I, I want to get back to, um, again, on the anorexic side. So if an anorexic or when you came in, did you just not, take coins or do dates or how did you well my my uh main issue at the time I came in was bulimia so so it was just no purging right and then uh and I had to build from there right it just because I didn't purge doesn't mean I didn't binge right and so there was some weight fluctuation there but it was um it was a progression just like my yeah I just like my recovery. Okay. My bottom line absence is I don't purge. Period. And that means, you know, vomiting, over exercising. There's, there's no one, once I eat it, I own it kind of thing. And, and, you know, it took me six months to find a lasting abstinence. Right. I was working the steps with the sponsor through the whole thing. Yeah, And there were just so much I needed to process that it was not, it didn't feel safe to, to like, I would fall back on my uh, eating disorder to help to, because I was too afraid. Like I didn't feel like I could get through, mm-hmm. you know, some of the truths that had to be spoken out loud. Right. So, but, right. You know, so. Yeah. Because when you, put down the food or you put down the behavior. Mm-hmm. Now you're left with the emotions that you only know how to regulate through this self-destructive behavior. And you Exactly. And you you know and I'm sure when you started you didn't think of it as self-destructive behavior but it was you know again just sort of a very generalization is is that having feelings that you had no one to, to process with, no one to like teach you how to regulate difficult feelings or difficult emotions or no safe place to even take your feelings. Mm-hmm. So then how do you, you know, how do you regulate those feelings? Well, you, you regulate, you find behaviors and some people it's, it's funny. Like, like, that could be, you know, overwork, excelling at school. It could be keeping yourself so busy. I mean, there are all these different ways, you know, sugar, eating disorders, obsessions, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like when you're growing up, like being obsessed about a star or whatever, living in fantasy. I mean, there's so many ways to sort of that you escape your your life and what's happening right now so it's like I don't know how to deal with these feelings there's no place for me to take it and there's no one to teach me how to regulate them I am out of here so anything that will take you out of your body and I went through a brief period of um very brief period of of you know anorexic behavior and so I also happen to know that it it does put you in an altered state you know mm-hmm. and and so again it's you know and there are people who spat who who fast and it's a spiritual quote unquote fast and I'm not denying that I'm not denying that it's not spiritual 
under the right conditions. But the reason why it's called that is because it fasting puts you in your body thinks you're starving. You know what I mean? Your body thinks there's no food around. And so it starts like throwing all these chemicals at you. And so, yeah, you, you get quote unquote high, you know, um, but, but anyway, and so then coming into program, right. You still don't know how to emotionally regulate, you know what I mean? Like, right. it is kind of like, uh, you know, it's like, okay. And, and it's like, okay, well, we can't teach you how to do that if you keep turning to this other behavior. Right. Right. Because I think that's where the baby steps comes in. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You know, like, this, like you were saying before about the reducing the calories so you can lose the weight because, you know, people, some people think that's, that's the solution is losing the weight. But, um, um, the obsession with dieting has become how you emotionally regulate your feelings. So you're escaping your life and how you feel about yourself by obsessing about this process, which mm-hmm. is dieting, that you believe that if you engage in this behavior, it will save you from how you feel about yourself. And so you're obsessed with the process of dieting. Right, right. So, um, the, uh, so when I, I start working with a person, I, I, it, cause there's this, I, the, the whole obsession with dieting or like, I got to fix myself overnight or that, you know, like all or nothing with back to the abstinence piece is that, um, for me, it's, it's what's one small thing that you can change that you can do differently right now that you're willing to do differently. Right. Right. Um, because a lot of people walk in the room, they've spent their whole lives using basically, you know, using whatever your drug of choice is. Right. And, um, you know, you can't wake up one day and suddenly that's gone. No. Right. So we start with one. Okay. We know there's like overwhelmingly number of ways that you act out. What's Mm -hmm. the one. Yeah that you're willing to let go of yeah. and what are we going to replace it with? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not, you know, and wringing your hands and sitting right. on your hands is, you know, to me, that's just not productive. So what, how, so it's a, it's a process of learning how to get your needs met without acting out however you act out. Right. So like, is, are you looking for comfort, you know, um, one of the things I have is a rice bag. So it's just a bag. It's uh, like a pillowcase. It has brown rice in it. You heat it in the microwave. Because yeah. I comfort, yeah. like I, I hug it. I have, I feel the warmth. I feel yeah. comforted, you know, and I can write out whatever the anxiety is going on right. instead of, you know, yeah, stuffing in whatever or running 10 miles or whatever. Yeah. Right. So, so for me, it's, it's, it's not that you're so to like counter that idea of deprivation like yeah. i have to give up another thing well no we're, right. we're we're taking we're 
um, letting go of this coping mechanism that no longer works right and replacing it with something that will like you said is create a life that you don't want don't want to escape from right right so there so to try and um because we're we're learning a new way of life right a new right. way of living yeah so well also i want to circle back to and uh i absolutely believe in this which is you know, um, what's the, what's the worst thing that you're doing right now, which basically we're talking about triaging. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the phrase, you work your programs in the order that they will kill you. So whatever is the most self-destructive behavior, I'm very much like you. I'm like, all right, what is that? Okay. Let's just not do that. hmm Let's just create a life where that is not a part of your life. You know, um, I remember listening to one of my AA heroes, Earl H. And he talked about like getting a 30 day chip and how, and again, this is, he was drug addict, alcoholic, right? And he said he thought a 30 day chip was the most amazing thing that could possibly happen because they've given up their coping mechanism and they don't yet really know what the fuck they're doing. And it can, and that first 30 days can just be excruciating, you know? And I think that's true no matter what, like you're, you know, for people who come in and, you know, and then immediately, you know, get a sponsor and whatever, you know, the beginning of the, pro- the the first 30 days of giving up that behavior. Well, you know, it's kind of like that slogan, like if you, you know, you find out what's, what is it like when you stop eating, you find out what's eating you, you know, right. like, mm-hmm. all right, you know, here we go. So, um, and then it's kind of like, Again, if I'm dealing with someone with multiple stuff, I'm like, all right, let's work on this. The only time that that I can't quite do it one thing at a, at a time is sometimes I've worked with someone who was a bulimic and a sugar addict. And so there were times where it was like, it couldn't be one thing because the one thing led to the other. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So we had, you know, and they had to cut my sponsee at the time had to kind of educate me that I, the two things, whatever they were, you know what I mean? Like, no, if I, you tell me not to do this, but it's okay for me to, if you tell me not to do X, but it's okay for me to do Y, but I have to tell you anytime I do Y, X is going to happen. And then, right. that, and then we kind of have to work a little bit differently and it's not impossible, but you know, it's just, those are times where it's like the two things kind of have to go together. Right. Otherwise you're just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about like in the beginning, cause again, you and I have a lot of time, like in the beginning it was abstinence was refraining from compulsive. Now, was it compulsive eating or compulsive overeating? Do you remember? It was probably compulsive overeating. Compulsive overeating. Right. And so, because again, in the beginning, it was just, 
you know, very large women in the rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you told me this, that, uh, with bulimics and anorexics OA was like that's an outside issue right so they didn't want you talking about that in the meeting Mm -mm. which is crazy to me yeah it was Um, yeah it took me a long time to find my people in the in the rooms but I was desperate enough that I knew I I needed to stay so that was kind of a gift from my higher power that I didn't yeah listen to that so you don't believe you don't belong here either, you know, that kind of thing. But Right. Yeah. 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 And then fortunately, now do you were, I was not part of the service at this level when they sort of changed it to, that's when they did the flyer. Also, they changed it to compulsive food behaviors. And then they did uh, the pamphlet. I said flyer. I meant pamphlet. OAs come in all sizes. Mm-hmm. For the first time, it was like it talked about other types of eating disorders. Do you remember when that happened, or no? I just remember it was a um, it was a welcome hallelujah, you know. Like, <laughs> um, I I wasn't at that level of service at that time either, right? Um, but yeah, it was. It was definitely a, a huge breakthrough for the pro, uh, for the for program, OA. I think. Yeah, right? I have for OA. Yeah. yeah, you know. And uh, now with um, uh, bariatric surgery, right? Yeah, it, it it met the same resistance when it first came up, and even the board of trustees voted that it could not be listed as a a special emphasis meeting. Oh, right, special right? topic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that's no longer the case. So. So now what? Do yeah, you I think I think a lot of it was education. Oh, yeah. So. Again, you working with anorexics. Let's sort of talk. You know, point counterpoint. Me working with mostly bulimics, over compulsive overeaters, people who want to lose weight. Um. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I'd say like 80% of my sponsees have been people who want to lose weight. So what do you think about the then the evolving definition of abstinence while maintaining, while uh, abstaining from compulsive food behaviors, while something working towards or maintaining, towards a, healthy body or maintaining a healthy body weight? Right. So as long as you are you know, um, making the choices daily, you're abstinent. It's not about, oh, you can't claim recovery until you're at some predetermined weight, right? And again, to me, that highlights um, that it's a process. It's a journey. It's not like, you know, you go through and you're done and off you go into the world kind of thing. Um, But when I'm working with, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, my, my philosophy about the, the food plan and the abstaining is that we start, this is how I'm going to eat from now on, right? It's not about, okay, I'm going to stick to this number of calories 
until I reach this, you know, magical number. And then I can change the way I eat. For me, it's, you know what, if you're working your program and your food plan is a nutritious one for you, the weight takes care of itself. That it's, it's, um, that's between, that's up to my higher power. What, what weight I stabilize at because most of us coming in have no idea what a healthy body weight is for us because we have been ravaging and, you know, up or down our whole lives. So the thing that put my, so when I read that new definition of abstinence, that really put my back up because and I'm sure, and the thing is, is that it it was, you know, I was presumptuous, but working towards our maintaining a healthy body weight, it's like, okay, I can sign off on that as long as we agree that you can be a large person and have a healthy body weight. Like, mm-hmm. what, what do you mean? You know, I felt that um, again, kind of knowing, you know, as much as we may or may not want to admit it, um, you know, Southern California has huge influence on OA. That's where it originated from. That's where one of the largest population, whatever. And I promise you, you know, having talked to many people from LA, um, including recently that, a quote healthy body weight is height weight proportional, which means that you aren't quote unquote fat. You aren't large. And I'm just thinking of like Lizzo and I'm just thinking, and I'm like, you know, I, you know, I also know, um, not personally, but I know of like, you know, they have videos and everything of people who they have great health. And they exercise and they're large, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so I, I, I think th- a lot of that is society's like obsession with, you know, this idea of an ideal body yeah. is thin and tall. Well, sorry, I'm never going to be taller than five right. two. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But um, yeah, I had to, um, and that, you know, healthy yeah originally i believe it was going to be ideal and i'm like okay that's not gonna work right Um, but it's healthy between you and your doctor right yeah and so i don't do the weight thing and i go by my numbers i mean that didn't make sense Uh, my blood work right 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 my blood work because i had like how do i do how do i um shift how do I make that shift because it says healthy body weight exactly right and I'm sorry I can't get on the scale yeah I can't well obviously right it does not serve me because I did recently and that didn't that was not a good choice that was not a good (laughs) choice right right it doesn't serve me to be on the scale because it doesn't give me any useful information. It right. gives me diseased information. Exactly. So, so I had to switch. I made the switch to healthy, get rid of body weight. Right. So to me, I can figure out if I'm healthy by my lab work that I do every right. year. Right. I get my, 
I do all of my preventive stuff. I have yeah. my, you know, mammograms, all that kind of stuff. Um, it would be so great if they took weight out as a metric, mm -hmm. you know, like fortunately for me since, you know, coming in, well, probably not since totally coming in, but pretty quickly after coming in, I like, I mean, like probably within a year or two, I told my doctor to do blind weigh-ins. And then of course a nurse made a mistake and she, she, I told her I wanted a blind weigh in and she said, okay. And so I did a blind weigh -in, and then she said it, she whispered it as she wrote it on the paper to herself. You know what I mean? She wasn't trying to do it to me. And I was like, okay, that's it. Now, you know, I've gotten, you know, you get older, you get more in your power. And now I'm like, no, we're not doing a weigh-in, mm -hmm. you know, like you can take a look at me. I am, my health, my weight is fine. You know what I mean? Like this is, you can take my temperature, you can take my blood pressure. You can do any fucking thing you want. But we don't need to get on that scale. There's no fucking reason to get on that scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we're not going to do it. Um, so I, so on this whole day of abstinence, you know, I just need to also come out and say, like, I absolutely bought into that when I first came into OA. If you were overweight, you had no right to call yourself abstinent. Because again, that transition from, you know, a lookism culture, diet culture. I mean, my mom was an aerobics instructor and she was, you know, a, a high school beauty queen. You know what I mean? So again, like this ideal, it took so long for me to separate out, you know, the perfectionism and the lookism um, and the pretty privilege from, you know, body acceptance and, um, and a healthy weight and just feeling good in your body mm -hmm. and letting it be whatever size, as long as you're feeling good in it, you know, and, and also that it, and that does not mean not to work the steps, you know what I mean? That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's not what I'm saying at all. Now you can, is you know, the, it's an inside job. And, and part of the reason why I'm saying this is because I know people have been in the room forever and, and they haven't lost any weight. And I'm like, I don't want them to be anywhere else. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't ever want them to feel like they do not belong here. You know what I mean? Like you mm -hmm. belong here. And I want yeah. you to feel welcomed and I don't want you to hear anything from OA that makes you feel like you don't belong here. Yeah. Or not, not only like that, that you don't belong here, but you have something to offer. Right. Exactly. exactly. You have something to offer. You're a value. Everyone person. else. Right. You're not a charity case. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So that's why adding that phrase, again, kind of knowing the context of our culture knowing that it's coming out of, you know, uh, you know, just anyway, I just particularly don't care for that. Also, and I'm going to, we're going to do some more talk about this um, on my podcast. I, you know, one of my friends from England who's in program, she has lipedema. You know what I mean? She 
she has, it's a, it's a type of fat cell that it's permanent. She can't, mm-hmm. you can't get rid of it. You can't diet it away. You know, it's the only way to get rid of lipedema type fat cells is through surgery. Right. It's so it's lipomas. Yeah. Yeah. She, so a person with lipedema, they don't necessarily have lipedema because they've been eating. That's not what it's about. You know what I mean? So, um, but anyway, again, like wanting to make sure that any person with any, you know, just the same way if they come in and they're, you know, anorexic, you and I both maybe know Linda and she was in for a long time, you know, and she, you know, and she just had to come in and come in and, and get, you know, and get, she, you know, at her, what I'm trying to say is at our own pace, you know, and that, um, and then to be honest, like if she, if the same thing happened where, you know, she never gained any weight, it's like, well, we don't want you going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, we want you to feel like this is your home too. You don't have to dance for us. You right. know what I mean? Um, you can just come in and claim your seat and be like, I belong here. And I will always say, yes, you do. Yes, you do. So that's why yeah. with abstinence, I do think it's important to have your personal definition of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. Because my, yeah. my abstinence can save me and it can kill you. Exactly. Right. So I'm a little, you know, so even though OA has an official definition of abstinence, I in no way hold that as if that is the standard by which we should all live. I don't. Especially I did when it was, you know, compulsive food behaviors. I was like, I could get behind that. But once Mm -hmm. they threw in weight, I was like, I'm not getting behind that. Not at all. So um, going back to like, what about like with an anorexic, do they, do you guys celebrate? Like, I know some people do. How do you start to celebrate like, one year of abstinence, six months abstinence. Um, well, I think, I think meetings still give chips. You mean, yeah. mean personally with the sponsee? Or with anorexics. Yeah. Like, is I don't. So this is like my personal mm-hmm. opinion. Like I know some people will go to meetings where they light a candle and people sign a card. It's your birthday. Right. Right? Um, I am very triggered by numbers, period. So part of my story is that I could not make it past 30 days because it was like my disease came raging back Mm -hmm. to make sure I didn't make it, right? Right. And so my sponsor finally said, you know what? I will count for you. You stop counting. Oh, and so, So I now have the annual date and I can tell you, that I will start getting antsy and anxious and that un un like uncomfortable in my own skin. And then I'll look at the calendar and go, Oh, my oh. anniversary is coming up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's time for me to double down on my program. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And and you know, 
Yeah. It's, it's just like that, um, that, you know, it doesn't matter how many, you know, days, weeks, years you've been in program. Right. Today's the day that matters. Right. Right. It's not, you know, it's like you can't store up sleep. Right. Once, right. It's you, you, it's, you know, it's a daily practice. And like, and so because of that, um, I do not make a big fuss over numbers because numbers. Yeah. of time. Yeah. We just, okay. Our, my time of abstinence, I should say. Right. Right. Time of abstinence. Yeah. I don't, uh, you know, we just move on to the next thing and just, yeah. okay, let's keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Right. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And as, as more time passes, hopefully it becomes um, less of a, tr well, for me, it was always a trigger, but um, yeah, you know, it's just who I am now. Right. Yeah. Just who I am now. Just like the little baby steps. We take the one thing am I willing to do? And I'm going to, we're going to work on that until it's just, it, this is just who I am now. Right. Then we'll take the next thing. Right. And when that is who you are, right. Yes. Otherwise it's just. Yes too overwhelming and yeah make know. a change and then when you develop sort of an equilibrium and it's just what you do now then we make another change yeah this is exactly right. what i talked about with you know you just keep doing these small increments of new behavior until it no longer feels new for you it's just right. what you do right you know? too much change is so disruptive. It reminds me of, this is kind of a silly story, but you know, it was, I think this was early nineties or something when the big, huge feng shui thing, right? Like, you know, your place in feng shui. Mm -hmm. And I guess this book was written about it. And an example in the book was that this person came in and um, the, According to Feng Shui, the apartment was completely set up, quote unquote, wrong. So the Feng Shui designer or whatever, you know, readjusted the entire apartment, moved, they, they worked on it, moved everything everywhere. From that day forward, the person in there was just flipping out, you know, it was, it was just, you know, they were just having, they just couldn't it was too much too soon and so the point of the story in the book was around like be careful about making huge changes you know and and so that's the point of that story so again these small incremental changes now I want to circle back to something that you were talking about earlier around like the counting and the time and then you and I both talking about triaging mm-hmm and it reminded me of uh, Dax uh, Shepard, who is, you know, an actor and um, he's got his, I forget, this is just a senior moment, but he's got his podcast that's really popular, Armchair Expert. There you go. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so he had 13 years sobriety. Then he gets into a motorcycle accident and he uh, is given pain meds. And Monica, his sidekick, is in charge of the pain meds, make sure and giving it to him. And then sure enough, the pain meds, he starts sneaking pain meds. 
And then shortly thereafter, fortunately, it didn't take very long at all. If you think about the time, it took less than a year before, you know, I think he confessed or something. But again, Mm -hmm. he had to restart his sobriety date over. And I remember one time listening, and again, I don't listen to podcasts that much. um, He said, yes, I have like 30 days, or I'm just going to throw out a small, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I am not going to let go of the 13 years where I did not drink or do cocaine. And I really understood what he was saying. And that's a little bit where I'm, I mean, I I get the right, like resetting your sobriety. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I'm just a little like, I, you know, it feels like it's completely dismissing all this time you had. So, and again, at the same time, I know of people who are alcoholics, they're in AA sober, and meanwhile, they're doing all this sexual um, compulsive activity or like the gambling. I'm thinking of the person who, the two people who, like one who founded Gamblers Anonymous and then the one who founded Sex Addiction Anonymous, they were both in AA, completely mm-hmm. sober from drugs and alcohol, but they had these other compulsive behaviors that were destroying their lives. So I totally get the whole like, you you know, yeah, you're quote unquote sober, but are you spiritually fit? Right. You know what I mean? I, I right. totally what we have is a daily reprieve based on our spiritual fit condition. Exactly. Absolutely. And so again, with abstinence, um, I personally, and I've talked about this before, I do like having a yes, no abstinence. And, and here's for people who, you know, are just listening for the first time. I got this from, again, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. In OA, we talk about red light, green light, yellow light. So red light foods, you can't eat them ever. Yellow light foods are like, you know, you, so for example, popcorn, I can't have popcorn in my house, but if I go to a movie theater, it's handed to me in a way measure, you know, it's a serving, then I can have popcorn. So that would be like, for me, a yellow light food for some people, you know, it's kind of like they think of yellow lights as it's a little slippery. So some Mm -hmm. people define yellow light a little differently. And then green light is just like, it does not wake the beast. You know what I mean? It doesn't wake the beast. Yellow light is, is like, well, it might wake the beast or it won't wake it. If the beast is, I'm petting the beast in a cage. (laughs) You know. (laughs) So, um, SA, SLAA has the exact same concept, but it's around behavior and it, and they do circles, um, green circle, yellow circle and they're concentric circles and then red circle and red circle are are behaviors that you absolutely want to abstain from uh yellow circles are like you're in a danger zone you know and then green light is behavior that promotes your um your spiritual fitness 
So I, yeah, I thought so too. I, um, the example that I use is uh, having a, I, you could imagine like a, um, a field, like a soccer field or a football field that at the end of each field, it, it, the field sort of turns into like shit and muck. You know what I mean? And so parameters or an abstinence is sort of like putting up these safety nets, you know, so that it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I can't go past, if I go past this, it's not good. If I go, so I, I believe in like, you have a, I, unlike you, Alice, I rely on numbers. I rely on counting calories because I'm not an anorexic. I did not come into the rooms counting calories. So I don't have that negative connotation. What I do have when I don't count calories or, or I should say, don't weigh and measure my food, either one, I will obsess about whether or not that was too much or too little. So when I measure it out and again, getting a food plan from a nutritionist and they're like, you know, three ounces of ground beef or whatever it is, when I measure out three ounces of ground beef conversation over, there's nothing for me to talk about in my head. So I feel a great sense of freedom from weighing right. my food. There's no debating. Cause later on, if I don't measure it, it could be like, that was too much. You ate too much. That was like way bigger. Or it could be like, you know, that probably wasn't three ounces. That was probably like two ounces. You can eat something more depending on where I'm at. Yeah. So, um, but again, so these parameters. So when I work with a sponsee in terms of defining their abstinence, I, I say, we're going to give you a yes, no abstinence, just like the drugs and alcoholics, you know, there's like, this is your abstinence. And it, it, in a way, and people don't agree with me and that's fine. I didn't ask you to agree with me. You know what I mean? We, we work mm -hmm. this program, working this program is like putting on clothes. We all have our style. We all like different things. You know, the important thing is that we're dressed and we're not running outside naked, you know what I mean? And that we're dressed yep. appropriately. Like I'm not going to put on a bikini and go outside in the snowstorm. So, you know, part of the reason why I do that is because for myself and for other people, you know, sometimes we want, like, I want to count my abstinence. Also, I want a clear boundary around, I do not cross this line. Mm -hmm. And that's what a yes, no abstinence is for me is like, it's like in the SLA, like the circles of behavior, it is a red circle. This is behavior where basically I am trying to kill myself. I'm just doing it very slowly, you know? And so it's for me, it's no bulimic behavior, which is the binging, mm -hmm. purging, binging, uh, under eating, binging, over exercising, binging, um, laxatives, you know, like basically mm -hmm. a binge. And then in some way trying to correct the binge. Right. And, um, and then also, uh, no sugar. And I cannot act like a lady with sugar. It will wake the beast. I am 
absolutely addicted chemically to sugar. So those are my yes, no, you know, and those are the, the end of the field where, and again, using my field analogy, I like to think of those big nets that they have, you know, like in different, like baseball or whatever. Sometimes they have huge nets that are like, make sure that the balls don't go into someone's backyard. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, the, this is the definition that'll make sure that, you know, I never break my yes, no abstinence. Now, some people get really uncomfortable with this because that's a really huge field in between. And I'm like, yeah, it is. You know what I mean? And we're going to learn all about this field and where you feel good and where you don't feel good. And, you know, yeah. And, yeah. you know, so what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I have a, a similar, it's a, I call it the bottom line abstinence, right? Like I do not purge period. Um, so that's my parameter. Um, I know based on my last relapse that I will not survive if I pick up that behavior again. So it's an, it's a flat out no, that will not happen. And I build my program around making sure it doesn't happen. And then uh, that's it. <laughs> the foods I, if I, if there's a food that I don't eat, it's because my doctor has told me I can't, it's, it's not healthy for me. So like fried, like I can't eat fried foods because of the bulimia and the, um, you know, reflux, all that. Mm. Yay. Um, you know, <laughs> so any kind of fried food or uh, so high ass. Yeah, you're high not acid foods. Yeah, you're not right. unintended in these choices. Like you're not making these choices yourself. Right. The doctor is like you're not running around unattended, as Earl H says. Like right, right. Someone with you. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's a health reason, I'm I. It's not promoting my health, and that's the only kind of food I don't eat. Otherwise, anything else is an option. Yeah. Now I choose to not eat sugar. Mm-hmm. Because I know it's it's like uh, it could be considered a gateway drug mm-hmm. if if yeah. people relate to that. But yeah, I don't feel good after I eat it, and it leads me to more. Right. right? Like even if I can, like your popcorn analogy, if I have this dessert at a restaurant, well, I'm not going to have it at home. I don't have any at home. But suddenly right. I'm like, um when can we go to eat again? You know, or, yeah, you know, right. when we can go out to eat again or, or yeah. like I, I heard, um, uh, I listened to someone's recording of the share and she talked about the same thing where popcorn, I can eat the popcorn. It's fine. As long as I go to the movies and suddenly I was going to the movies multiple times a week. And then one day it occurred to me, I wonder if I can just go in, buy the popcorn and leave. And then she wow. realized, yeah. Okay. Th- this is now on my red list. I can't do this anymore. Right. Right. So it's, but I, I, I agree with the analogy of the field and the, right. The nets and the rest is for us to explore and navigate. Right. And discover what leads me towards health and what, you know, for me, it's um, what, what is leading me toward my recovery and what's leading me toward my disease. Right. So the, the food, 
triggers that need to deprive myself or um, that's kind of my my thing is I'm not worthy of whatever it is right and eating this food makes me feel I'm not worthy of love or I'm not or I need to be thinner because I don't know it's right it's those it's those crazy those it crazy triggers ones. the obsession that's the easy way to say yeah. if it triggers the obsession I have no business eating it just like if I have to figure out what a serving size of this thing is it doesn't belong in my house because to me that means okay i'm if i only eat this much of this package then i'm okay if if i need you know if do you understand what i mean like yeah yeah so here's what it makes me think of someone and this has been very helpful for me if while you're eating something you think about the next time you get to eat it, you Mm -hmm. probably shouldn't be eating it. And I was like, that was if or not the next time, if you start planning the next time you get to have this, you know Uh what I mean? Or envisioning in the future when you get to have this again, that's waking the beast. You know what I mean? That's not a normal response to food. Or to, you know, that for us with eating disorders, like that's how. So I want to throw this out, you uh, throw this out to you around the life and the field. Now we're just going to be on the field. Here's the point that I was trying to make earlier. And I just didn't have, I just didn't have it, which is like, and you know, what is not on this field for me is how much you fucking weigh. That's not what's on this field. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. no that is right. not what's on how much field. i weigh what size my clothes are because some people right. say well as long as i'm in this size i'm like well no that's just another way of saying what you how much you weigh right, right. exactly so i wear yeah. clothes that are comfortable and fit and it yeah. doesn't matter what the number is and you know but yeah i agree that that if i'm i'm working my program i'm eating nutritious food I'm connecting, I'm exercising to love me appropriately. Right. I have a community vulnerable to friends that care about me. You know, I'm engaging in love is a verb. You know, I'm joining the, I'm doing, you know, my, my heart, I'm emotionally present in my body and my heart is open for connection. Right. That's what all these fucking tools are designed to help you do, you know? How much you yeah. weigh, you know, that's know. between you and your doctor, you know, exactly. and how you feel about yourself. And if you feel body shamed by your doctor, get another fucking doctor, you know, yeah. because weight should not be a metric for you. Your blood pressure, you know what I mean? All the other right. things. Cholesterol. Cholesterol. Stuff like that. Your, <laughs> I don't know what diabetes is, your sugar, age, whatever. Insulin. Yeah. That yeah, triglycerides and stuff like that. Exactly. All that stuff. Oh, well, it's true is, though. Yeah. If you're, yeah. if you're, if your doctor is not supporting your recovery mm-hmm. in any way, like the whole weighing and the, that kind of yeah. thing, uh, that's the wrong doctor for you. It doesn't yeah. mean they're a back doctor or that you're not a good patient. It's yeah. just, there's the connections not there. Move on to somebody else. And they're out there. There's plenty of them out there. I agree. understand. So, yeah, 
Yeah. And I also just want to end with saying, you know, um, I think I don't, I came in in 98 and I lost, uh, I think a total of, well, 15 pounds kind of fell off. And that was my normal, like 200, 185, right? So yeah, I lost that. Um, and then I lost the weight. And I just want people to know, like at least three times, I have gained about 20 pounds going through whatever I'm going through. And I never binged and purged and I did not eat any sugar. And I do not consider having lost my abstinence. Um, now, I when I purged in 06, yes, that was a loss of abstinence. When I had sugar in 2013 on purpose to destroy my abstinence, absolutely. Because those are my red line foods. But, mm-hmm. you know, the rest of the time, and you know who helped me with this was my, you know, spiritual teacher guru, you know, she who has no eating disorder and she works with women all the time. And she was the one that told me that, you know, women's bodies are just constantly changing. Mm -hmm. You know, we go through cycles, like we go through seasons, you know, and, and she doesn't, you know, it's, she sort of normalized, you know, like, yeah, sometimes your weight goes up, sometimes it goes down. You know, mm-hmm. of course, there are women out there who whose sizes have never changed. But once again, that's like, yeah. And, you know, 7% of the female population is what's represented in magazines. Of course, those women exist. But again, the normalizing it, it's kind of like this episode in Friends where, you know, they're going through a breakup and they're all sitting there eating their own like gallon of ice cream. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> The point being, it's like people do that and it's, you know, it's, it's not necessarily bad. Um, I don't know how other people feel about that. I just know that I think that I have had a very successful time for me in OA and my story includes like, I think about maybe three times, like gaining about 20, like the last time being the COVID, you Mm -hmm. know, that definitely, absolutely. I, I, think I went up almost 20 pounds on that, which I, which I've lost. But again, you know, I just want to normalize, like, just don't, you know, let go of the number, let go of the number. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. That All right. What I weigh is none of my business. Yeah. And I trust my higher power. Exactly. To know, you know, this i'm i'm here to give service to my fellows if my body is healthy right my body my ancestry my you know all of that yep i'm not i wasn't born a skinny white woman i'm never gonna be a skinny right i tried to be skinny every 10 years your metabolism slows down every 10 years, 10 year old, 20 year old, 30 year old, 40, you know what I mean? So again, you know, it's, I, yeah, you know, abstinence, I think is important, but I, I like what you're saying about food sobriety. You know what I mean? I would mm-hmm. sort of take it to spiritually fit, you know, instead of yeah, asking yourself, are you abstinent today? 
if in any way you're attaching abstinence as having followed your diet or followed your food plan, that's not Mm -hmm. a good association. Right. So maybe abstinence and food plan are separate. Right. People try to glump them together. And I think that's where people have difficulty. They're they're separate things. Yes. You know. All right, Alice, you are wonderful. Thank you so much for this impromptu, you know, podcast. Absolutely. And I'm sure that we will be back. Yay. <laughs>